Now listen up, people. I am not an unreasonable man. But I say that there's nothing wrong with you little monsters that can't be cured by a quick return to the days of corporal punishment. Now here to talk to you about your feelings is the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Muse, how you doing? Oh, doing all right. Why does that sound so familiar? What is that? <laughs> it's uh, it's Mr. Buzzcut introducing Dr. Floss in Beavis and Butthead. Oh. Season four. <laughs> oh my gosh. Freaking love that cartoon. And speaking of cartoons, mm. uh, we actually have uh, a, a, a very special guest with us today, uh, Sky Blue. Tell the people how you doing, man. Okay, what's up? I'm doing good, man. Living, I'm alive, I'm breathing, you know. <laughs> if for those who don't know Sky Blue, he, he has his uh, latest LP from last year, Sky Blue, the Cowardly Boy. And if you know anything about Cartoon Network, uh, you'll hear a bit of a overlap with the show Courage the Cowardly Dog. And actually, throughout the album, there are a lot of references to uh, cartoons from that era. And I wanted to ask you... Um, what was your inspiration to just do that? Like, why, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up on cartoons, you know, of course a lot of us did, but like, I, I like legitimately grew up on cartoons. I, um, most of my life I was in uh, foster care and stuff. My escape from, you know, my reality that I was in, you know, was like cartoons and video games and like, Hey Arnold, which I got a Hey Arnold themed album, uh, <laughs> stuff like that, Doug, Rocket, Rocket Power. I've got Pod. to check that one out. Holy crap. Wait, which one is that one? Which one is that one? <laughs> that's uh that one is Sky Blues Unmodern Life. That's the first release I, I released in 2014 through Mega Ran. Well, we'll get into that later. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's that's it's a series. So it's like I had Sky Blues Unmodern Life, then I had Race for Your Life, Sky Blue, like Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then uh then it was Sky Blue the Cowley Boy, and that's like the third in the trilogy. How excited are you for the new kind of revamp specials they're doing of uh, both Rocco and Hey Arnold. Man, I'm I'm beyond excited, man. Like <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't even think I'd see the day that that'll happen, but that's awesome. I mean, cartoons kind of suck right now. Uh most of them, so <laughs> they have to do something. So I'm glad they bought that back, you know. And I really related to to shows like Hey Arnold for sure, you know, cuz I you know, that's why I did that album cuz I kind of Growing up, you know, I've always kind of been the Arnold, the Arnold character. You know, I was very optimistic. I was like the a mediator, the voice of reason. I had different scenarios in my life, the type of people I met and stuff. So that really hit home, you know. So, um, man, I, I can't wait for that. Uh Oh, uh, but uh, the first track, The Night of the Were-Mole. Mm-hmm. Where did you get the inspiration to say Weremole? Because <laughs> you said, like, the, the, uh, you call me the underdog when I say I'm more of the Weremole. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that, it's, it's dope that y'all asking me. I, I haven't really had a full in-depth interview about this album yet, and I'm still trying to promote it. So it's dope that y'all asking me this about uh, certain songs. But, like, uh, Night of the Weremole... Is it's kind of like the underdog's anthem, you know, because uh, I've, I've been the underdog most of my life, really. I'm kind of to the point where, you know, a lot of great stuff is happening for me now, but I'm still kind of like overlooked and stuff and underrated. So it's like it's kind of like that was like me just being like finally addressing it. I never really addressed it. So I addressed it on there. It's like I'm actually not the underdog. I'm like beyond that. I'm like deeper than that. I'm like beyond being underrated. I'm like the wormhole. I'm deeper than that not just i'm not just underground like i'm under underground like <laughs> it's like what more i gotta do so i just felt like uh you know i'm, I'm the wear mode because i'm like a few steps above underground and, and being 
an underdog. Does least underdog get a little acknowledgement? Sometimes I feel like I don't get acknowledgement <laughs> at all. At all. Right, right, right. So I'm like, man, you know, uh, he underdog is actually doing pretty much better than I am. You know, so. Dude, I'm looking over this album, and it's like every other track is like produced by, and there's so many names on here. How did you team up with all these people, or like, how did you get connected with these people in the first place? Uh, well, a lot of those people uh, I've worked with like over the years, and then, but every album, you know, I reach out to like, um, you know, as people send me beats all the time and stuff. So I always try to give like new guys, uh, like a chance, you know. And um, so this album, I may have reached out uh to like two or three new people it was just like yeah we'll work on some stuff and um you know as long as it it fits sonically and you know a lot of my albums have like a lot of different producers or like at least five you know and but the sound's still cohesive you know and it's still like man it's like y'all made this yeah. together you know there's a specific sample on there that is uh also used in a most deaf song yeah yeah and it's a very rare song and i like i it's really hard to find so I was just trying to, wanted to ask what was like the possible inspiration for that, you know? I not only connected with it, but I was like, this hits home a little too much. Like, cause back to the whole underrated thing. And it's feel like, you know, I, I be, you know, I, I do a lot of pretty big stuff that's happening now, but it's still like every year I get closer and closer to something. I never like surpass that threshold. It's like every year somebody's telling me like, man, at any moment, you're just going to blow anything, you know? And it's just like, man, every time I get like one step closer, to something it's like two steps back something ha life happens that just like ah uh, because even before the cowley boy album like that album is my deepest album because it's like i was about to quit before that that i was like for months like six months in like even online i was telling people i'm, I'm about to be done like that album was my comeback into music and i put everything into it and all my feelings and stuff and so i made an album that's not only you know very um concept driven but also it's deep, you know, and it's 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 a story. It's about two different people, you know. So it's that little boy that you see on the cover and stuff. But also it, it kind of relates to me in, in a sense. But it's not directly talking about me. So it's a deep album. You got to really listen to it, you know, and see the you know, follow the story. That song really hit home. You know, that was a very, a song that I just felt like, as soon as I heard that sample, I was like, man, if this ain't the truth, man, preach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we can't, talk too much about it because it's still a lot of in, a lot in the work still very hush hush um mm -hmm. your, your your upcoming uh dealings with funimation um we could possibly touch on that here in a minute but there is a, another more recent um release the uh sky blue and sublime cloud oh yeah that was released as a sort of celebration of what you got going on uh can you just tell us a little bit more about that release oh yeah 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 that was a project with my, my bro sublime cloud i've been working with him like for years and years it's like my brother right there and um we got a you know very strong chemistry and together we we got a um a mini group and it's called the digi destin that's me and him and stuff and then, <laughs> a, a, and then nice. a band too you know but um that was just like a follow-up to to our project last year that a uh, small ep we dropped called destin the rebirth and this was destined a revolution because it's representing like the new state of mind that we in in our evolution. You know, when people hear the music, they keep saying it gets better and better. But I was like, from here on out, after the Cowardly Boy, I was like, everything I do is going to keep evolving, you know. And that 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 project represented evolution for us both, you know, and growing as musically into the, you know, artists that we are. And like, you know, we captivated our sound and we grew our sound organically from the ground up, you know, everything we do. There's like, oh, that's Sky Blue. Oh, that's Sublime Cloud, you know. So we just came together. We was like, all right, for this uh, Funimation thing, 
we just gonna uh, drop a free project out of nowhere. We just gonna do it as a surprise. Nobody knew it was coming or nothing, and we just was locked in the house and you know getting up on weekends and just knocking it out. He making the beats and we putting the samples together and you know writing the songs, recording everything. And uh, the reception has been dope. People really like it. I mean, you know, I sound kind of like sounds like nobody else. You know, on a lot on most of my music, so. They really was. They really was loving that, you know. So while I'm sure the Funimation stuff kind of came as a surprise, like I'm sure you weren't, you know, planning on that. You know, you didn't really have that in mind. Are you just kind of like taking it as it goes, or do you have a specific kind of personal goal in mind of like where you want to go or what you want to achieve? My slogan is "I don't rap, I paint the sky blue," and that's you know that's much deeper than just you know doing uh you know just rapping and making music. It's like when people first started hearing my stuff, they would be like, "Your songs like take us to another place." It's like very vivid. It's like a picture, you know, and you just get lost in it. You go to another place, and that's because I don't rap, I paint the sky blue. It's a lot into this one picture. Every song is a picture and a soundscape, and it's just like you can escape through, and it helps you, you know. And there's a lot going on in it and stuff, and you. You know, you visualize it, you know, and that's how I try to make my music like it's very visual as I'm writing these songs and stuff. I'm visualizing it. I'm like visualizing videos or like the scenarios. And if I can't get a for scenario, sure. if I can't put together a scenario for it and I can't see it, then I just scrap it, you know. So and that's the whole thing is I want to like my music to stand alone to be able to be like now, you know, they be like that sky blue right there. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So you're saying that sometimes you'll be creating a song. Because it doesn't fulfill something, you'll completely scrap it. Like, what's an example of a type of song where you've done that? Actually, a few of the songs on the uh, Cowardly Boy. Like, you know, that's a very visual album and stuff. But, like, a few of the songs when it first started, like, Nobody Wanna Love. Um, what was it? Nobody Wanna Love, The Sandman Sleeps, The Uncommon Cold. It was a few of those songs. And they was actually originally to different beats. And, um... I just, the beats were dope and stuff. And then how I started the songs, I was just like, oh, this is pretty straight. But uh, it got to be more than that. This is, this. I'm putting everything into this album. And I couldn't visualize it. It was like I was just rapping. Like, so I was just, it was just rap. So I felt like I couldn't put together a picture. So I was like, ah, oh, nah, that's not right. So I scrapped it. And they almost didn't make the project. And then like a month later, I got some new beats to them and stuff. And I like rewrote them and stuff. I was like, oh, there we go. That's 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 it. I can see it, you know. So it's stuff like that, and it's a lot more that's not out, or it may come out later that I scrapped because I was just like, nah, that's not it. I, I I can't see it, you know. If I can't see it, then I'm not gonna put it out. So it's sort of like the beat really has to match what you're trying to do with the lyrics, right? It's not just like, oh, hey, I got a hot beat. I got a write a rhyme to it. It doesn't really matter. You know how good the beat, the beat is or how it fits. I just got to do this because, like, oh, yo, this is a hot beat, and I don't want to like miss it. Like, it really has to measure up to what's happening in your words, right? Yeah, yeah, because it's a complete picture. You know what I'm saying? Just like the, the like when it's painting the canvas, the paint, the brush, everything you use, it has to complement each other. I don't want it to ever be like that beat was hot, but the vocals they are right. You know, and you know, there's a lot of songs that's out like that. Paint the sky blue. I want to paint pictures, and I want to help people. You know, with 
in the long run, you know, and people say that now, you know, like your songs really helped me, your albums got me through this. And that's the whole sky blue thing. Cause it's like, you know, the gray sky analogy where, you know, you know, you see gray skies, you think of gloom, despair and stuff and blue skies being like hope, peace, you know, looking forward to, to brighter days, optimistic and stuff. And that's what my songs, that's what I want to do in the long haul with my songs. I want to be able to do that for people and help them get through whatever they're going through in life and make a difference, you know. And spread love and good music, you know, so that's what I want to do. So I read a couple of days ago that uh, Sony had actually acquired uh, Funimation. And mm. I just, yeah. you were the first person I thought <laughs> of because I was just like, me and Darren have kind of been down that road before and where we were on a website that got bought out by another <laughs> website that got bought out by Disney. And we were like, oh my God, what's going, <laughs> oh, wow. what's going to happen here? Who approached who first? Uh, did, did you reach out? Or uh, did they find you? Like I was on tour with Megaran, uh, Megaran and MC Lars in March. Mm. One morning, it was like, uh, you want to go to Funimation? I was like, what? It's, as a tour, you know, out of nowhere, you know, and I was just like, yeah, this is amazing. You know, I'm already getting, you know, nervous and stuff. They, they gave us a real nice tour. It's huge, you know, and a lot of ins and outs of everything. And we got to see, like, you know, the studios and stuff and even some voice actors. It was it was really dope. You know, my hands sweating and stuff. I'm, like, freaking out and stuff. <laughs> and um, that's when we got to, like, the music department of it. It just kind of just fell into place from there, you know, just utilized that opportunity, that moment. They was very interested. It was just like, this is exactly what we're looking for, you know. And as we uh, went forward with it, you know, and was talking to them and stuff and, you know, months into that, you know, it was just like, you know, we actually, some people already knew who you were in our office and stuff. So that was amazing. I was like, whoa, really? That's you wild. Know, <laughs> that's, that's really dope, man. I had, you know, I had no idea that type of stuff, you know, you would dream about doing it, but I didn't think it, that particular thing would happen. I was like, uh, I don't think nothing like that would happen, but you know, it is what it is. It'd be dope if it happened one day and you know, it happened one day. Man, there's so much more that I want to talk about into the specifics of what <laughs> this project is. But how about we do this? How about this is part one of our interview. And then when it comes out and, you know, everything's happening and yeah. we got to invite you back to be like, all right, all right, now let's break it down. <laughs> <laughs> get that update. Well, let's get back to the music. Let's get back to the music. <laughs> <laughs> you have one joint on here called... Queen of the Blue Puddle. Now, okay, so I wanted to ask you how the sort of song names relate to the story that you're trying to say. Like, that, okay, so, you know, Queen of the Blue Puddle, this is from a Courage the Cowardly Dog episode. How did you come up with that title in order to fit this topic? I only touched on episodes that I can relate to, and that was part of the story. And that that particular song, Queen of the Blue Puddle, is one of those songs where, you know, it's it seems like your average love song. You know, it's like pretty nice, you know. And then as it gets deeper into the song, you're like, wait, what is he? This is this is something else. What is he talking about? You know, and it's because it's a deeper meaning and it relates to like what I go through on, the, you know, what I go through in the mind. And it's like, you know, it's something that may look beautiful, like something that's destined to be. But then when you get to it, you know, in the process of trying to obtain that, you like see some stuff that you didn't uh, expect. And you like, okay. man, is this is this good or bad? Is this an angel or demon? Is this good for me? Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know, you know. <laughs> and and that's one of those where, you know, you listen to it more and you realize that. And same for the Grateful Silly, which you talked about earlier. That's yeah. that's actually a very deep song, you know, and that relates to everything that's going on in the world right now you know it's, i say a lot in that song specifically grateful silly 
do you care to break down anything specifically or or is it like a thing where it's like now nah, you gotta listen to it yes. <laughs> <laughs> are you are, what, what song are you talking about okay so the ballad of freaky fred and the great fusilli were the most interesting ones to me uh now the freaky fred i remember that episode freaky fred it wasn't he the one who's like uh I shaved the dog and it was naughty. Like, was that the one? <laughs> yeah, I was. The, yeah, yeah. He he would tell a story about something that that happened, and then uh, it, everything was all cool at first, and then he just get carried away, and he was like, "That's when I was naughty." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like so. For instance, how does that how does that episode tie into what's going on in this song? You know, Freaky Fred was a person that uh, he was he was legitimately weird. You know, he was he was a crazy he was a madman, and mm. uh. But uh, it, it was it was like parts that you know he in his story that he would tell where it was just like maybe this man's kind of misunderstood maybe he didn't mean to do these things <laughs> that he was doing you know <laughs> and so um and people gonna see later as um I um you know um unfold a lot of stuff in my career and with my music because I like to tell stories and I like them to they're very coded so it's like over time I'll I'll introduce more and stuff and tie the story together but. That's a very important song, actually, uh, Freaky Fred, because I'm telling the story about a person, a friend of mine, and he's very misunderstood. He looks at, they're looking at him like he's weird. Like, who is, why he look like that? Why he, you know, why he's just off to himself and the stuff that he would do that he was kind of outcast and stuff. And then the second verse, you know, it kind of goes into his mind and what he's, he's telling me. He's just like, you know, about being yourself and, you know, not worry about what people think about you and the way you look at the world, you know, in a way I'm like Freaky Fred, you know, but, you know. Minus the shaving the dogs and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. So yeah, <laughs> so or maybe this, you do. I mean, you don't, you don't have to tell us. Oh no, no, you know, no, no, no. He's Freaky Fred. Is like you know, he he's. There's a lot of people that can relate to Freaky Fred, like particularly not the show, but like this particular story that yeah, I told. Yeah. There's a lot of people that's like, yeah, man, I felt the same way. You know, people looked at me, the cool kids. They kind of like shunned me and stuff, and because I didn't blend in with them and stuff, and it was actually. I feel like you're cooler than them, actually. You're just being yourself and doing what you love to do, you know? You're taking the aesthetic of that character and applying it to the reality of this new story that you're trying to tell, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's a double double meaning, too, so... Yeah. I feel like there is something... That you're 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 not gonna, you're not letting me know right now, and it's gonna be like ten years later once you release like the fifth album in this in this whole story. <laughs> you're gonna be like, now see, I didn't want to tell you because it was gonna ruin it. All right, <laughs> uh, yeah. hey, you might you might be right, bro. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> you might right. be right. Cryptic mofo. <laughs> I mean, pay, pay attention to the way I word stuff. Like, uh, I ain't gonna say too much. I ain't gonna say too much, but like, why did I name Night of the Wearmore? Why did I spell wear that way? That's yeah, I, I, was, I was, I was wondering about that. <laughs> I, I was like, wait, is it that? Is it not the one? I was afraid to say it because I thought I might come off as stupid if I asked the question. <laughs> yeah, like, why you spelled it like that? <laughs> that's why I can't say too much, but that's a hint. All right, damn it. All right, that's another question I'm going to have to ask in the follow-up interview. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people who aren't really wise to, like, what hip-hop is all about, they look at it, and it kind of gets a bad rap of being, like, too simplistic. Like, they just know what's on the radio, and it's like, well, it's all about, you know bragging mm-hmm. about money, bragging about cars or whatever. And I feel like they really do the genre a disservice because there's people out there like yourself who are 
putting so much more time and effort into actually thinking about it and <laughs> crafting it. Like, it actually is an art to some people, and it's just really refreshing to hear the stuff you're putting out. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate y'all even reaching out. It's, it's like, what, like the last project, uh, me and Sublime Cloud, that's in the revolution. It's like, oh, um, a reoccurring theme was like, the revolution won't be televised. It's kind of like what you said, where you said a lot of great artists are out there and they're overlooked. They're not publicized. They're not the ones that's being promoted and stuff. So it's like, the revolution won't be televised. You might not see the type of stuff that you're looking for on TV or on the radio and stuff, but it's out there. You just got to search for it. So, um... Here's something that happened like two years ago or so. You know how we're always behind on everything, but I remember this. Being... Two years ago, <laughs> Dude, normally it's like a week. Um, so I thought you were gonna talk about Mooch, a story that we entirely missed. No, no, I wanted to talk about uh something. So, like, have you ever seen that picture of like Kanye West and Kim Kardashian looking at somebody like as they fell and then just like walking past them? I knew it was Amy Schumer because I remember when when it happened. And people were like, was that for real? Was that like a stunt? And no one was really sure. But it's like, it's not even a good stunt. Like, all right. It's well, not a good story. Yeah, like when uh, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, when he does a stunt, it's funny. You know, it's he ridiculous. Doesn't just fall in front of someone. Yeah, just falling in front of someone. <laughs> that's just an accident. Like, oh, but I did it on purpose. It's like, uh,. Yeah, like that sounds like one of those things that you're you're lying about just to save face. Like, uh, yeah, uh, I fell in front of him on purpose. I was trying to like prove a point about Kanye and make a social satire about how people don't know who I am. Like, what the hell? You see, he didn't even try to help me up. What a dick, right? <laughs> it was like, like, was that the statement? Because literally, uh, in the in the interview where they're asking her like why she did it, they're like she pretended to fall because people didn't know who she was. It was like some sort of thing where it was like times one hundred most influential people, but the irony was that no one knew who she was. They were people were looking past her to like you know take pictures of other people. So she's like, I know what I'll do. I'll fall on purpose and get people to take a picture of me. It's like. That doesn't sound like a joke. That just sounds like attention-seeking. Like, doesn't yeah, it? that sounds really bad. Yeah, that, that just sounds like attention-whoring. I don't want to use that word, but in this context, you know, kind of fits, because it's like, what reason are you doing this for? Like, that's not funny. Someone just... And she was like, oh, falling is funny. Just falling isn't funny. People ask me all the time what my brand of comedy is. I say pointlessly, randomly falling over. <laughs> Amy was assuming that Kanye was going to help her up, right? Like that—that that would be the idea, because you know she didn't fall with the intention that oh, but he's going to keep walking because that's Kanye. No, the assumption is that you were going to help me up if I fell. You know. So what gave her that impression? No, no. But beyond that, it's like, why would like if things went the way she would have planned, I fall and someone helps me up. How's that funny? If someone puts a pie in their own face, <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> You'd think someone who based their entire career around being funny would know what comedy was. <laughs> like, I, I feel like she just doesn't know how to play this off. Because that's a really bad excuse. Yeah. And I'd like to think that's not the truth, because that really doesn't make sense. I would just let that shit die. 
It's so old. What would it be like? Oh my god, Amy, remember that time you fell over in front of Kanye on that red carpet? You gotta let us know. It'd be like, I really don't remember. I got <laughs> Wait, let me anyway. explain. <laughs> it's like, I got a new special. Can we talk about that? Something relevant? Jeez. In the meantime, can I just talk about the phoenix rising from the ashes that is Kesha? Oh my god, yeah, we haven't talked about her yet, yeah, um... We haven't talked about any of her music videos, and she already has three of them out, and... Yeah, she's putting this shit out quick, too, <laughs> I've already said that 2017 is the year of surprises. I'm gonna fucking go out and buy a Kesha album? <laughs> what is this? What's happening? <laughs> 2016 was as, just so bad. The universe was like, All I was right. just going to say, as the political landscape crumbles before us, as our country may no longer be what we once thought it was, everything we hold dear crumbles and fades away. Music, though. Is this what the late 60s was like? <laughs> it's like, everything's going yes. to shit, but this music is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Man, fucking that, that uh, praying music video was one of the most moving videos and songs I've heard in a really long time. Like, that shit hit so hard. Yeah, like, and I saw the music video. What's funny about it is, like, it still has the sort of Kesha-isms, you know, the, the, the silly outlandish, like, pig pig face things and and the, oh, yeah. the gaudy, crazy costume. But it's in a way that I feel works with what she's doing. Because if it was just her, like, looking normal, it wouldn't have worked, you know? But it's the fact that it's like, yeah. no, she really is that silly, but she does, she is going through something right now. And I just don't understand the people who are still hand-wringing about, you know, what she went through. Like, oh, well, you know, and of course, like, whenever somebody doesn't want to say that they, you know, don't want to believe someone who's a victim of domestic, uh, you know, uh, domestic abuse or, mm -hmm. you know, rape or something like that, they go like, oh, the court of public opinion, the court of public opinion says he's already guilty. So it's like, dude. Stop caping for this guy. He's a freaking millionaire who's going to stay on top. You don't need to kiss his ass. Like, you don't even have... Like, people don't even have an emotional connection to... Who was it? Max Martin? Um, it was Dr. Luke. Yeah, Dr. Luke. People don't even have an emotional connection to him. And they're still caping for him. Bill Cosby, I understand. You know, you cape him for him, fine, because he's been on the air for 40 years and you love him. You know, but like... Good lord, you don't even know what the hell Dr. Luke looks like if I showed you a picture of him. And yet people are still going, I can't just, I can't just believe a victim of something. Oh no, please, I have to hand ring for at least a couple of years first. But guys, I, you are the people. they're doing it for no reason. Yeah, you are the people that they're going to be talking about in a couple of years when they do the Kesha documentary. When they say, you know, despite the fact that she went through something horrible, uh, people still, you know, didn't believe her and hate her. You guys are going to be the, anta uh, the, the antagonistic force in that future Kesha biopic. Do you guys not see this? <laughs> and even though you're doing all this shit for attention, your fucking usernames are going to be blacked out. So you won't even get the satisfaction <laughs> of people seeing your Pepe Twitter handle. It's just crazy how those people, like, they don't have any creativity. Like, anytime it's someone who is, you know, the type of person that, like, as soon as I see their avatar, 
my like my face just sort of blanks out whatever they're saying and goes to the next comment. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have an internal like mute button. It's always someone who has like an anime avatar and says like the atheist, uh, uh, skeptical, anti SJW. You know what I mean? I was just like, alright, bro. <laughs> I just go like, eh. I retweeted something just earlier today. And it was like, oh, so-and-so has liked your tweet. And I was like, oh, who liked my tweet? Oh, someone with a, someone with a frog uh, emoji in their uh, Twitter handle. Blocked. Yeah. I'm not putting <laughs> up with that shit. See, I don't block. I don't block. I'm mute. Let them scream into the void. He wasn't saying anything. He was a potential fan. And in that case, it's like, no, no, no. I want you to know I don't want you. <laughs> I want you to know you're not welcome. Goddamn. I'm sorry. Hey, dude, that could have they been a potential person sometime. whose mind you could have changed. You know? You never know. <sighs> yeah, you got it. If went as far as putting a fucking frog emoji <laughs> in their Twitter handle, I look at it as a lost case. <laughs> or someone I don't care enough about. Like, if someone I knew really close, like, like a fellow reviewer or like content creator on YouTube, suddenly started talking some red pill shit, I wouldn't mute them or block them. Like, right away, I'd be like, hey, you know, can we talk about this? What happened? Then I'd care. Then I have some emotional attachment, a reason to find out what happened or possibly uh, turn this person around. This is some random schmuck on Twitter. I don't fucking care. (laughs) So, okay, here's something I've noticed. On YouTube, have you noticed people have been doing a lot of, like, cartoon show streams? Dude, I'm looking at it right now! I, I was watching a live stream of uh, uh, Let's Play uh, before we got started, and yeah, you just scroll over. Uh, oh, shit. It just went away. It's always Damn it. Family Guy, full episodes 2017, or, or, or Adventure Time, season 8, full episode, or South Park, yeah, or yeah. Rick and Morty. It's always those specific shows, you know? It, Right now, I'm looking at two people side by side who are streaming King of the Hill episodes. <laughs> and it's How like, are you doing that? Well, first of all, why is it cartoons? <laughs> why is it only cartoons? And second of all, like, how are they getting away with this? I just clicked on this live stream. It's not edited in any way. It's just presented as is. The people who are doing this, they're going to fuck it up for everybody. I hope they realize that, right? Like, because here's the thing. These people... These people realized that they couldn't upload episodes of Family Guy to get subscribers. So what they're going to do is they're going to live stream them so they can get people watching them, I guess. I don't understand what's the point of doing this. Like, why? There are people who just want... I guess there are just people out there who just want to share shit. It's like, I just really want you to see this. And don't take into consideration... Like, what that kind of entails. And I know that's kind of me, in a, in a way, when I do my live streams. But at least I'm, like, talking about the music as it's happening. You know what I mean? Like, when, we, when I do my live streams, I like to go, like, oh, yeah, and it's for a specific purpose. It's not like, hey, here's a show that's really popular right now, and I'm playing it because I want to get those sweet subscribes. You know what I mean? I'm doing a specific thing where it's like, here's a, you know, a little mini passion project where it's like, I'm going through all the songs from the old days and talking about them. You know, there's something very specific happening with what I'm doing. This, there's no commentary. They're not talking about anything. It's just, here's these episodes. It's like, you don't think nobody's going to come down on you for that? 
And they're already doing... God, what was it? I saw that YouTube is cracking down on content in a way that they have a computerized system now. Oh my god, it's always a computerized system! Fucking YouTube! Hire somebody! Hire some- I would do this You're shit- You're Google! You can't afford a fucking staff? For fuck's sake, I would do that. Yo, if you promise me, I don't need, it doesn't even have to be that much. Look, you're 500 a month. 500 a month to pay Ooh. me to just go around YouTube every now and then, search, oh, Family Guy show, Adventure Time. Just give me a list of shows to look up on YouTube and be like, hey, they put up that full episode, Flag. Hey, they put up that full episode, yo, Flag. I will be your YouTube snitch. I'll do that for you. YouTube it's hero. It's not that hard. I'll be your YouTube hero. I'll, I'll be your YouTube, YouTube hero. hero. Baby. We went to two completely different songs. We- Which one did you do? <laughs> I did Jukebox Hero. Oh, shit. That does make a lot more sense. It has the syllables and everything. A YouTube hero with videos in his eyes. Mm. <laughs> Red flags in his eyes. <laughs> what did you go to? Wait, what were you singing? I was singing Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Oh! <laughs> Be a YouTube hero, baby. I can wipe away the copyright claims. <laughs> like, is it really that hard? Like, is it that emotionally taxing to put forth the amount of people that you would need just to, like, like I said, it doesn't even need to be, uh, oh, you gotta go hardline. Just pay someone like, hey, while you're going, while you're cruising our site, YouTube, every now and then, if you see something that's kind of bullshit, just go like, oh yeah, that's bullshit. And just flag it, you know? And use your, use personal discretion. We'll have people that look at it and go like, all right, he's using that fair use. Oh no, that guy's just uploaded the full episode. Yeah, we gotta take that down. Like, is this really that hard? See? The good lord! What's scarier is that they're not even presenting this as a means of cracking down on copyright they're doing it as a means of cracking down on like extremist uh violent content the kind of stuff that brought upon the adpocalypse that had all the advertisers pulling their shit from youtube a few months back and Mm -hmm. i understand you don't want that shit on your platform neither do we I would love yeah. if that fucking, like, hate-filled Drek was not on YouTube, especially if it could, you know, get people hurt or, you know, arise some type of, like, violence against people. That shit we don't really need on the platform. I think, like, I'm all for free speech, but once it starts getting into that, like, hateful rhetoric zone, I think that's where it gets a little scary. Yeah, no, like, like if people are like, hey, if you're an anti-SJW or whatever the fuck, like... Put out your rhetoric. Put out your, like, this is the reason why I think this. But when you're going, like, this is why these people shouldn't be allowed into our country because they're bad and we need to make sure that they don't... Uh, no, 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 no. You took it a step too far. You know what I mean? There are other video platforms that you could use. You don't necessarily need yeah, you the YouTube Get your Patreon. <laughs> exactly. Sign up for Patreon. Do that shit. And see, how, and see how far pure hate gets you. Exactly. But, see... It's scary because they did this a couple months ago with political content, like, even as as mild as something that might skew left or lean right because they don't want 
the advertisers to feel like the video's they, message. They gotta choose a side, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, Coke is fucking, you know, the soft, the official soft drink of the alt-right because it was on yeah. a fucking Richard Spencer video or I'll, uh, Ian Miles Chong bullshit or whatever the hell. It's so much of a slippery slope of, like, anyone could get f- false flagged for this now because, you know, you could put a sample of a thing in a video that might be taken out of context, or, like, I don't trust the computer system. It's fucked up way too many times. It shows that they don't care about cutting YouTube content creators' money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we don't give a shit if you don't get paid this month. We give no shit if you don't get paid. But we gotta make sure that our revenue doesn't decrease. So what we're gonna do is give a little cut corner thing here, get this little bot on the thing so we don't have to worry about it. No! Please care about these YouTube content creators because all empires fall. And one day, if someone figures out how to do this shit, the same thing that YouTube is doing, but doing it better, and and they go on the, and they say, hey, you don't have to worry about content or whatever. If you're making good content, we're going to make sure that, uh, you know, you don't get messed with. People will rush to that shit so quick and bring their fans with them. You guys don't understand. And I personally, I want to see YouTube last for as long as it possibly can. I just want you guys to stop bullshitting. Get your heads out of your asses, man. I, I saw people saying, this is all why... Patreon is so important because we can't rely on YouTube ad revenue. It's way too finicky. Like, we need that steady source. You've seen it happen with um guys much bigger than us. Didn't it happen with uh, I Hate Everything where his channel was just, like, deleted? Yeah, that, that shit can just happen. And I don't know how much of a pain in the ass it is to actually get that fixed, but I can't imagine it's easy. And, like I said, try to find YouTube's phone number. This doesn't happen in any other business. This is absolutely unbelievable and unacceptable. And, you know, you assume that, like, you know, I, I, maybe I'm still sort of childish on this, but I just assume that if you've got all this shit running, you got a big company, you've got a business, everyone knows your name the world over. If you say YouTube, people know what you're talking about. And yet, you don't have a phone number? Like, mm. my dude, uh... Jesse's flower shop on the corner or whatever, they have a phone number. How do you not have a phone number? How do you not have a reliable customer service? Like, you have to be doing that on purpose. Oh, but you can sign up for the creator whatever the hell. (laughs) Have you seen that? Yeah. Where it's like, sign up for the creator workshop and it's like, fuck off. No. I I don't don't think that's going to be run. It's like, like, I don't... Uh, <laughs> imagine. Like, <laughs> imagine for a second. Like, you have any questions, and it's like, so, uh, yeah, so, um, how do we worry about the whole copyright claim thing and fair use? Uh, anyway, let's show you how you could make a cute uh, dog video. <laughs> like, I imagine the back of my head initially, like, it's a little community college classroom where you're sitting down with the <laughs> professor and you know you're just you're just rapping back and forth you know you got like 10 people in the room max and you're all just sitting around bouncing ideas off each other really funny when in reality it's probably just a fucking video you watch that you can't even interact with or no yeah here's what they go uh, uh see here's what you do it's like so you know uh, meanwhile we're trying to ask questions about like copyright claims and 
you know, how to really get, get our videos up to the fullest, what equipment can we use? And they're just going like, well, you know, if you tell people to like your video and comment and subscribe, that will increase your account. Yeah, but what about the content of the video? See, that doesn't really matter, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like if they say, if you tell people to like, comment, and subscribe, they'll do it. Bullshit! <laughs> no the fuck they don't! <laughs> you serious? Like people? All they do will fucking laugh at you and say that you're, you know, doing this shit. It was like, dude, I need to, though. You don't, mm. if you don't work the system, if you, if you don't, if you're not a content creator on YouTube... You see a lot of people abusing YouTube's way of doing things, right? Because YouTube yeah. goes like, okay, what we do is content engagement. If someone's engaging mm. with your content more, that's what we're going to uh, uh, give more pay and more ad revenue to. And so people realize that and they game the system and they go, yo, before you even watch the video, smash that like button and da 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 so we can, you know, get it. And it's like, and it's so funny because as a person who's watching this, like maybe... Th th these videos skew very young, but as a person who's watching, this, the first thing I think is, I'm not gonna like the, I'm not gonna like the fucking video before I watch it. Like, what are you talking about? No. Why would I do that? Uh, yeah, it's like, why would I help you when you have given me nothing yet? <laughs> you have given me no impetus to give a shit about you, but you want me to like the video before I've done anything. Why? And it's like, you know, and if they had to be honest, they would have to say, yo. I get paid more when you press the like button, so help me get paid more for absolutely nothing in return. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at least be honest about it. At least say why. <laughs> you know? It's like, I just really like the like button. I just, oh man, that number makes me so happy when I see how many people like it. It's like, get the fuck out of here. This week's album is a Patreon request from uh, Christopher Owens. And if you want to request an album to be reviewed on the Going Off podcast, it is a one-time $40 pledge to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. And this week, we're looking at Think Tank by Tank and the Bangas. And if I may, mm. I would like to borrow a catchphrase of yours before mm. we get started. Okay. I really wanted to like this more. What? No. Alright, are we about to have an opposite? Are we about to have opposite of last week? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what happened, right? Okay. So, when I messaged you and I said, hey, uh, the next Patreon review is the Tank and the Bangas album, and you, you were like, oh shit, someone just, you know, suggested I listen to them and everything. Yeah. And at that moment, I looked them up on YouTube uh, to get a little taste. And the first thing I saw was a video they did with the AV Club, the uh, Tiny Desk. Yeah, that was the video, uh, yeah. And they did three of their songs, and I was blown away. I was like, oh my god, this is fucking great. I love their energy. Their personality is great. It didn't really come across on the album. Really? Oh, I didn't man. feel it. I, I was so bored through so much of it. There I were some tracks. flabbergasted right now, dude. Well, okay, maybe it is a fucking reversal from last week. Oh, uh, first of all, can I just say her hair is, like, the most amazing thing? Like, in that video, like, it's it, it's as big as her, like, head. <laughs> like, she could be hiding another head in there, like. <laughs> I'm telling you, there, there were some tracks on here, the songs that were complete songs, and I'll get to that in a second, what I mean by that. Mm. I really enjoyed those. But so many of these on here were like, just kind of like spoken word. 
Yeah, what's wrong with that? Uh, well, I don't really care for that. Oh, I gotta throw the hands up. I gotta throw the hands up. Oh! You shit on people for skits, but yet a seven-minute spoken word track is okay. Well, I mean, if the setup is that, it's a spoken word artist. But they're not, though. Like, half of the songs are songs with lyrics, and they're not spoken word things. She's, she's, uh, what's the word? She's, she's challenging the boundaries of what should be music or something. (laughs) Well, look, I mean, I understand that. And I'll say I appreciate the album a lot, which is why I review it, I will review it a lot higher than I actually give it a personal opinion. Because half of this album I wouldn't listen to again. But I appreciate what they were going out and setting forward to do. I've said this before. It just really wasn't for me half of it. Mm. But it would be unfair for me to say it's just not for me so I have to give it a bad review. Because that's not the case. Because it's not a bad album. There are just songs I thought were boring. Man, I absolutely love every concept I felt like was a new and interesting and just sort of like fun concept like with every song i was like what's gonna happen now that's that's what i was thinking when i listened to every song i love the intro where they did the rundown of all the sort of like you know classic uh you know black r&b singers of the yes. past that was so cool i love the boxes and squares i loved how it switched up in the middle and you know there's so many good moments that happen in these songs that i don't want to say what they are in fact I would even say don't even look at the track list when you're listening to this album because there's one song in here <laughs> that I wasn't expecting because I, I was like I, I was you know doing something else I wasn't paying attention and I wasn't paying attention to the you know songs I was just listening and then it's you know what song I'm about to say <laughs> I think I do yeah and it just happens and I was like oh <laughs> it was so great so um and then there was Walmart. That was a great song, the Brady's, where she was like, you know, it was like, I, w- I wish my life was as perfect as this family, and, you know, I'm trying to make my life like that, and, I, dude, I, there was just so much heart and spirit and life, uh, hands, that was a seven-minute song, but it, it was just like, the stories that she was telling about just looking at people's hands, it was so engaging, I, I just enjoyed the shit out of it, um, Ripperton Love, Come on, instructions on being the very last song. Oh, that's the best ending song for an album like this that you could have possibly made. Every moment, I, I, I was just, I was bowled over by how creative and interesting and just happy it sounded. Like, I was just like, I, this is a good summer album. Like, you know, just like on, on the train going somewhere and just looking out at nature and just like, man, they, they you know, maybe things aren't so bad, you know? <laughs> It it is super fucking chill, which is which yeah, like it's great for just vegging out, you know, and just enjoying shit. My comments may be minimal on this, like I, I don't really know what else to really say. I'd still end up giving it a four. Mm. It's really enjoyable for what it for, uh, for like spoken word, even though it's not my thing. I just Half of the album I liked way better than than the other half, and that's, like, songs I would listen to again. But, like, I couldn't see myself re-listening to a spoken word track. Mm. Like, especially not on its own. You know, like, that would just seem like if I had that on my iPod and it just came up on shuffle, that would be jarring, you know, it wouldn't really... Mm. It would, like, I'd have to listen to that in a specific mindset. You know, I'd have to be wanting you. to listen to that. Well, well, overall, I, I'd give it uh, that, that solid five, bro. 
I'm, a solid gold five. Dude, I enjoyed the shit out of this. I like, yeah, maybe you couldn't listen to individual songs. Actually, I could see uh, circles, uh, squares, and boxes listening to again. But um, yeah, th- th- yes, it is a very you know they have a full album thing. This is something to listen to all the way. This is this is those long drives, you know, type of music, and you need something to listen to, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, and, oh, and roller coasters. I loved roller coasters. That that roller shit, coasters is a great. That track. shit literally made me want to go to Six Flags. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and just talking about you know what roller coasters are and how they affect you and and like you know it's like why do people like roller coasters? And it's just sort of exploring that and the way the music sort of builds with it too. Like about the twists and the turns. It's great, man. You gotta listen to it. I yo that. Straight, straight, nothing but love for me for the, for the, for this group. Um, you know that. I mean, there's really not that much to say. You really just have to experience it for yourself. I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes up next. And th- this isn't part of the review, but from that Tiny Desk concert, the song they did—that's their newest single. That's going to be off the new album, dude. I'm excited for that. That song is fucking sick. So, they are amazing musicians. Like, they're great musicians. And even on the spoken word tracks, you can still, if you're like, you're not a big spoken word guy, you can still get the appreciation of the music that's going on in the background. There's, like, funk, jazz, soul elements just kind of, like, weaving in and out. It's, like I said before, it's very chill. Very laid back. Um, it's a very soulful album in the music and the lyrics. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely gives you feels, you know, it's definitely a feel album. It's an experience. It's probably best listening to, um, as a whole, but there are some tracks I can see, uh, listening to out of the context, uh, of the album. But yeah, I would, uh, I would still give it a, um, give it a a respectable four with a, uh, look to the future to see what's, uh, coming down the bend and uh you give it a five so it's definitely a strong recommendation from us um that everyone listening check this out like there's something on here that you're gonna like if you don't like the whole thing there's definitely on here there's definitely something on here that's going to touch or impact some uh someone or everyone listening so yeah i i I think they're great it's just half the album wasn't for me but that's just plain and simple um, outro. <clears throat> well, that about does it for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Big thanks to our pal, uh, Sky Blue, for coming in. He's coming in. Like, like we're in the studio. <laughs> this setup uh, is a lot simpler than you, think, than you guys think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as uh, glorious as a setup as you might think. Um... But, uh, yeah, he, he's he got big things coming down the road, uh, so look out for him. Definitely keep an eye open for Sky Blue. Check out his, uh, his band camp, his albums, uh, Courage the Cowardly Boy, and, um, and Destined the Revolution with Sublime Cloud. Great stuff. Great guy. Looking forward to having him in on again down the road to give us an update on what he's got going on. And definitely look out for Tank and the Bangers. On the tales of that, 
that was a Patreon requested album review, you might be wondering why we're talking about an album from 2013. It's because someone paid us and they requested it. It's as simple as that. And if you have an album that might be a little older, hell, even it might be brand new, but you think, man, Rap Critic and Muse aren't going to talk about this because it isn't their typical shit or whatever. You know, it's a little, it's a little overlooked, maybe. $40 pledge, either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. You can request an album to be reviewed on the podcast. There's a little bit of a wait. Don't mind that. We do eventually get to all the reviews, so keep that in mind. Uh, we'll never let you down and, and all that stuff. We'll never run around and desert you. Well, for the Going Off podcast this week, I'm Rap Critic. And I'm Muse. And holy shit, Rick and Morty's back, bitch!